Hello, and welcome to the Sunday Sermon Cast from Bethel Evangelical Free Church on Washington Island, Wisconsin. I'm Rick Smith, and I've been here at Bethel since 2016, enjoying this great church on this spectacular place off the northern tip of Door County, Wisconsin. This message comes from our Sunday morning service here on the island, and it's geared towards discovering what the Bible has to say to us in our everyday lives. So, God's blessing on you, and thanks for joining with us wherever you are today. I surrender all. And I, uh, that's kind of what I'm going to be talking about a little bit, anyway, in a little bit. But that's what God calls us to do, is literally surrender everything. And that is not an easy thing. You know what? Um, I enjoy the opportunity to speak occasionally. And, uh, you know, we're usually here on Saturday nights. Um, and... Um, we don't get to see some of you and, and as often as we'd like. My wife and I have talked, you know, every other week or at least once a month, we probably need to be here on Sunday mornings because uh, we miss Mary's smile. And, um, and, and I'm going to tell you that Mike told me I had to keep it short and sweet this morning, you know. So, uh, well, it's not exactly what he said, is it? No, but, but close, you know. When I was pastoring in Gregory, South Dakota, we had Wednesday night Bible study, and I remember one of my... Uh, he was a dairy farmer. One of my deacons showed up, and uh, elder. He was the only one that showed up on a Wednesday night for Bible study. And he looks at me and says, you know, Pastor Moon, said, you know what? One cow shows up or a hundred cows shows up. I feed them. But if only one shows up, I don't feed them near as much. So uh, uh, that was, uh, you know, the key to, uh, or the word, you know, keep her short and sweet. So um, we want to look at Second Peter. Chapter 1, verses 12 through 21, we're picking up where Pastor Rick left off last week. And uh, quite honestly, initially, as you look at this passage, it's kind of like, eh, okay, let's, you know, it's, it's whatever. But truthfully, there's some pretty deep things here. And so um, we're, uh, we're going to cover some of that, take a look at it. But I got something I want you to look at here real quick. How many of you uh, remember any of these headlines? Uh, giant bats attack planes. They're as old as dinosaurs. I mean, Elvis's baby diaper auction for two hundred fifty thousand. You don't remember seeing any of that. These are real headlines. Okay. How about this one? You can tell this is a few years ago. She looks kind of young there. Hillary Clinton adopts an alien baby. You don't remember that. Honestly, this is in the Weekly World News. Okay. How about hackers can turn your home computer into a bomb and blow your family to smithereens, okay? And you look at that computer and you're going, okay, that's been a, you know, um, how many of you remember Y2K? You know, everything's going to fall apart and I was on staff at a church in Appleton at the time and while they were bringing in special speakers, how to get ready for this and everything and I actually have, uh, in fact, I used to do networking on the side and all kinds of computer stuff and, and I remember going, folks, we're kind of blowing this out of proportion, but you know, who knows? How about this one? Computer virus spreads to humans. Now, actually, if that came out now, that might be something that, you know, you just never know. Um, we, we live in a world, okay, la last one here, just real quick. I liked this one. Alien backs Clinton. We live in a world where people tend to hear, see, and believe a lot of different things. And honestly, these were all headlines at one time, and I remember at least a couple of those. Um, we live in a world where all kinds of things are coming around, and the older you get, the more they come back around. Um, I'm not looking at you for a reason, Bill, just, you know. Um, 
And, and that's really what Peter is kind of addressing here is, listen, there's something that we need to be paying attention to. Peter makes three main points in this passage, and we'll read, some of, uh, we'll read all of it here in just a moment. But he makes three main points. He says, first of all, he reminds the readers of what he and the other apostles have already taught them. And he says, repetition is important for stability. So if you're like me and you've been in church literally all your life, my father was a pastor and, and uh, you know, you, you hear these things and, and um, you know, I have a degree in biblical studies and all my theology, and, you, and after a while it's kind of like, why do we need to keep hearing this? And Peter says, listen, this is important. We need to understand. He says, number two, Peter's authority comes from God himself, speaking and authenticating Jesus' life and ministry. And he makes that point in the scriptures here. And then he says, the authority of the scripture is based on God himself speaking through the prophets. So really in this passage, this is kind of the, the gist of what he's dealing with here. Let's look at the first few verses. He says, so I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body. And, and just so you're aware here, Peter, of course, Jesus prophesied Peter's death, told him how it was going to come about. And Peter, as he's writing this, knows he's getting close. And so the tent of his body, obviously, he's referring to the human body, the flesh. He says, goes on, he says, because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me, and I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. All right. Squirrel. Okay. Does that make any sense? Squirrel. There's the dog. Squirrel. Okay, I'm sorry. I have this, remember, I worked with children too, okay? Um, this is what we do if we're not careful, and this is what Peter's addressing. Squirrel! And uh, we lose our attention as to what God is calling us to. Oh, that'll never happen to me. Yeah, it does. Okay? We see the headlines. We get distracted. In fact, again, I was talking about Pastor, or Dr. Uh, Patrick Flynn, F-L-Y-N-N, if anybody wants to look him up. Um, and um, he actually is doing lots and lots of things on the coronavirus right now. And he's going, basically, folks, this is really getting kind of blown out of proportion. We need to understand, yes, there is danger and threat here. But honestly, most of the people are, that are dying are those that are already sick, that are elderly, nursing homes, that type of thing. Not all of them. Um, but um, he deals with, you know, how do we protect ourselves, whatever. But let's be honest. How many people throughout the world right now are distracted by coronavirus? Just about everybody. Okay, And if we're not careful, we let those things distract us from what God's called us to do. Um, it, it's very easy to do. We live in a culture where we feel compelled to be constantly innovative. A new concept, a new twist, a new package. But Peter understands the importance of repetition and reminder of teaching. He uses a word here, the word translated refresh comes from the Greek, and again, if you know me, you know I love the Greek. I actually told Mike I took, I took some of the Greek out. This is the only one I'm referring to in here, okay? But diegero means to wake fully, to arouse, to stir up. 
He's going, listen, we need to be constantly looking at the truth of God's word to refresh our thought process, to refresh what we're looking at, to refresh what we're talking about. This is critical. This is important. Understand that even in Peter's time, as the apostles are out teaching God's word, there's lots of false teachings that are circulating through the church. We, we get the idea that it's just now, and it's not, even then. And, and we see this theme throughout the New Testament. If we look at Paul's writings, in 2 Corinthians 11, verses 3 through 4, this is what Paul says. He says, but I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than Jesus we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put with it easily, you put up with it easily enough. He's saying, listen, we got a problem here. We are the apostles. We, we were there. And we're going to look at that again in just a moment because that's what Peter says. But we got a problem because it's so easy to get distracted. Let me ask you a question here. I love these. I've used them for years. Which lines are the longest? The ones at the top and bottom or the ones in the middle? Who, who said that? Oh, you're right. They're all the same. I should say which ones appear to be the longest. Isn't that right? But they're all the same. You'll get the idea in just a moment. Which car is larger? The one in the back, the middle, or the front? Now, it's interesting. When it's up on the screen... They all appear to be the same, although usually people will say the back one. In fact, when Mike and I were looking at this last night, he says the back one. You know, it's like, no, they're, they're all the same. It's an optical illusion. All right. Which way is the line leaning? Okay, you're kind of getting the idea by now, okay? But which way does it look like it? Looks like it, to me anyway, that it's lower on the left and higher on the right. But again, in reality, it's a straight line. Okay, just a couple more. I love these. Okay, which dot's in the center? The red dot or the green dot? See, nobody wants to answer now. Red? Red, green? Should we take a poll? Yeah, it, it's the green dot. Yeah, the green dot's the one in the center. Again, it's an optical illusion. It's easy to see the wrong thing. This is one of my favorites. Which square is darker, A or B? You can't really see them there very good because it's... Way up at the top there and the bees down there by the green and the shadow of the, the cylinder there. A looks darker, doesn't it? But again, you got the idea. They're, they're both the same, okay? It's an optical illusion. Last one. Which, uh, what do we say? These are peacocks. Yeah, which peacock's darker? The one on the top or the one on the bottom? The top definitely looks darker. But I actually took this picture and removed the background. This is the exact same picture. I personally removed the background. They're exactly the same. Okay? There is no difference. Up on the screen there, it may look a little different, uh, but they're not. Okay? Um, and that's just because of the light up there. They're the same. If we're not careful, we get caught up in this thing of... Um, reality and what's your reality and what's my reality and I'm sure that you've all heard this basically well you have your truth and I have my truth and there's a problem with that and unfortunately even as Christians in the Christian world this has become endemic this is a problem because there is only one truth and that is God's truth 
I cannot take God's word and twist it to support my theology. Now, I understand, okay, there are different opinions on some things. I tell people, I don't argue theology with anybody, okay? Because, you know, are you pre, mid, or post-trib rapture, all millennia? I don't really give a rip. No offense. I'm a pan-tribber. If you've never heard that, it's all going to pan out in the end. Just be ready to go. Okay, I'm more concerned about whether you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Okay? Um, I'll step on some toes, but I'm going to try not to. Too bad. But coming back on the ferry a couple of weeks ago, we had several Mormon missionaries coming to the island. And I'm going, oh, please, Lord. Okay, I was on staff at a church in Layton, Utah. I studied Mormon theology. I taught Mormon, the- I didn't teach it, but I mean I taught it in classes on cults. And I'm sorry if you don't believe this, you need to study it. Mormonism is a cult straight from the pit of hell. Okay? Um, no, I can never be a god of my own planet. No, our god was never a person like me living on a planet. If you don't know Mormon theology, that's what they teach. And women, you're in trouble because, you know, you're just going to be eternally pregnant. But that's only if you uh, honor your husband here on earth because if you don't, then you don't get to live forever. You know, it's just there's some bizarre theology there. They are not Christian. Okay? Um, We could go on, of course, you know, Jehovah's Witness and all kinds of others. But unfortunately, in the church today, There is all kinds of theology that is accepted that is not a part of the word of God. I'm sorry, but a practicing homosexual, according to the word of God, is not honoring and serving God. It is sin, okay? You can believe that or not believe it, but I can take you to the word of God and I can show it to you, okay? So uh, to be ordaining and whatever, uh, no, people, we've got a problem and it's, it's coming into the church as a whole. And like said, Peter's dealing with that. He goes on and he says, For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. What is Peter saying? Peter's saying, listen, I'm not telling you fairy tales. I'm not telling you mythology like the Greeks tell in other cultures. We were there on the Mount of Transfiguration and we heard the voice of the Father saying, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And he says, listen, if you hear anything that is contrary to what we as the apostles are teaching, and in particular he and James and John were the ones on the mountain of transfiguration, uh, there's a problem. Don't believe it. Don't accept it. Now, if we're not careful, like I said, we, we get this idea that this is dead. It doesn't happen anymore. How many of you are familiar with who Kabir Bajabia Mila is? You know who Kabir is? Okay. Played for the Green Bay Packers. Um, when I was the executive training director for Freedom Life Skills, he was one of the board members there and also a facilitator. And I got to know Kabir fairly well. Our oldest daughter used to babysit for he and Eileen and their kids. I don't know if you're familiar with what's going on there right now. 
okay? Um, actually, Brent Rauer owns a drywall business. We know Brent well because he was also one of my facilitators. And uh, In fact, they're going to be up on the island next week, and, and we are in close contact with them. But he hires two of the men that are a part of the cult that Kabir now heads up. Uh, I don't remember the name of it. I was going to look it up, when I first, but the general idea is this, and you've probably heard of it, that the Jews are not really the Jews, that the black culture is really the Jews, and they're the ones that inherit the kingdom of God, uh, and everybody else is going to hell unless you join their cult, essentially, and um, uh, there's all kinds of issues there. Now, you know, what's sad is that at one time, he at least claimed to be a true follower of Christ, but slowly but surely, things started filtering in, and I became aware of that, quite honestly. When he built his current mansion, he was funneling hundreds of thousands of dollars through Life Skills, the ministry that I was the executive training director for, um, to build that and get a tax write-off on it. And when I confronted the director, uh, he basically said, Henry, mind your own business. And honestly, two weeks later, I resigned and opened my own counseling clinic, pastoral counseling, because I said, I, I can't do this. I cannot work for someplace where there are, my, my father as a pastor used to tell me, uh, there are two things uh, when you're a pastor, you do not cross lines. Uh, you do not uh, mess with the money and you don't mess with the women. Quite honestly, that's what he used to say, okay? You have to have absolute financial integral, integrity and moral integrity. And I hate to tell you this, but I've worked in churches and ministries where neither were present, and it's becoming more and more prominent. But what I'm saying is, this is not something that just happened 2,000 years ago, or even, well, back in the 1800s when Mormonism came along, or let's go back even further when uh, the Muslim religion came along, okay? This is still happening today, and people are still getting sucked into this, and, and we still need to be aware and cognizant of what's going on. How many of you remember, oh, um, so let, let's go on and I'll get to the other in just a moment he says he goes on he says we also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts above all you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things for prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. What is Peter saying? He's saying, listen, and again, it happens now, and, and what I'm talking about with, with Kabir is part of that, okay? Um, I have a new understanding. Wow, nobody's seen this before, but, but I see it. And, and I'm going to start preaching and teaching this. Now, I have to be honest with you. This, as I'm studying this, because, again, if you know me, you know, I, I take a lot of time as I'm going through things. And I, I, I research and I study. And, and um, you know, I was raised in the Assemblies of God. I was ordained with the Assemblies for years. I, I haven't been ordained with the Assemblies for a long time now. Because I have some issues with a, a couple of their main statements that you have to sign every year. One of those, just quite honestly, is if you have not spoken in tongues, you are not filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. I have a problem with that because I don't believe that's in the Bible. Now, Pastor Rick and I were talking recently. I believe in tongues and interpretation. It's in the Bible. I believe in praying for the sick and, and divine healing. It's in the Bible. I have no issues with that. But I have to be honest, having been raised in it and seeing it um, and, and serving on some large churches, uh, and seeing people that spoke in tongues but could stab you in the back the next day like nothing. I'm, I'm serious. 
I'm going, we've got a problem here. This doesn't prove how spiritual somebody is. If anything, this is people putting on an act trying to pretend. That doesn't mean it always is. I'm not saying that. I've said for years, 90% of it's for show, 10%, I think, you know, the power of God's real. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that I, I started thinking about that. I'm going, okay, in the early 1900s, this is when the whole speaking in tongues movement started, okay? I've, I, like I said, I graduated from an Assembly of God Bible college. I've studied the history. And then I come to this, and I'm going, what's Peter saying? Peter's saying, hold, hold it, be careful. When new things all of a sudden come out that haven't been here for the last 2,000 years, there's, a, there's an issue. I'm not saying that things aren't biblical. I'm saying make sure that we keep them in biblical perspective and proportion. Does that make sense? And I think we need to be very careful with that. How many of you uh, have seen this before? Okay. So, so the, well, okay, for what it's worth, um, this, um, this picture came out. I've got it here in, um, yeah, let's see if I can find it. 19, nine, no. Doesn't make any difference, I guess. All I know is this, within a week after this picture was first posted, it showed up like 21 million times or something like that and tweets all over the place. Is it white and gold or is it blue and black? How many of you would say it's blue and black? Me, I see white and gold, okay? I do. I I don't see blue and black. As I stare at it long enough, I can start to kind of see a little bit of blue maybe, but it's definitely white and gold. Anybody that says it's blue and black is just wrong. Okay, um, and, and yet those that see blue and black are going to, no, no, it's, it's blue and black, you're wrong. And the, the guess what I'm trying to say and what I think Peter is saying here is, again, in our world at large, if we're not careful, we see different things. And what we've got to do is step back and say, you know what, there is a creator. And I have to look at what does the creator say which way is the cat turning clockwise or counterclockwise clockwise anybody see it going counterclockwise now like I said I've actually in in counseling used these for years I actually can see the cat going back to back where he's just going back and forth I can see him turning clockwise counterclockwise front to front you can get your brain to literally see it any way you want but here's a problem it's not a cat Okay, And in reality, it's not turning. Any of you aware that when you watch TV, there is no true motion going on on that television? 29.9 times a second, there is a new straight picture showing up on your TV screen. That's what it used to be on high-def TVs and whatever. It's changed a little bit. But it's, there is no true motion just like this. It's a bunch of stills that are put right on top of each other so fast that your brain perceives motion. But in reality, there is no motion there. But that's how our brain perceives it. Do you you follow what I'm saying? People come along and share things and we perceive, wow, look at this. This is incredible. In fact, it's interesting. Now, understand again, Dr. Patrick Flynn is a a wonderful Christian man. He truly is. You, You watch any of his videos or anything, he's very overt about his Christianity and serving God. He and Kabir were having a conversation. He was just telling us this on Friday. And Kabir was basically, you know, and, and um, 
beaten on him, and, and actually they still have, um, uh, Kabir's ex-wife lives next door to uh, uh, Patrick, and so he interacts with Kabir's kids all the time, which if you saw the newspapers in the last month or two, um, is a huge issue because Kabir doesn't want him involved in church and he doesn't want him involved. It was a golfing thing going on, whatever. And so he was basically ragging on Patrick and trying to convince him that, that his cult was real. And, and finally, Patrick looks at him and says, Kabir, how much are you worth? And Kabir tells him, he says, honestly, I serve God. I honor God. If you think it's all about money, blah, blah, blah. He said, listen, I'm worth twice as much as you have ever been worth. It's, you know, God's honored him and and has been faithful to him. But Patrick's been faithful to God. And it's not about money. That's not my point. My point is that we get these perceptions. And Peter comes along and says, you want God to bless you? You want God to honor you? you got to join. you got to do this. And in fact, if you're part of that cult and you live in Kabir's house, all of the money you make has to go straight to Kabir. You know, that's just part of it. You, I provide for you. Now, you got to, everything you make goes back to me. I mean, this is, you look and you go, are you serious? People actually fall for this? Yeah. Uh, he's got all kinds, in fact, he's got three wives right now. I mean, there's just all kinds of garbage going on. People fall for it. This is an optical illusion. All of these things have been optical illusions. And yet there's a danger that we believe what we see. Peter says, biblical interpretation is not a private matter. You know what? Quite honestly, if we look back over the last 2,000 years, if something all of a sudden comes out of the blue, we we need to step back and go, hold it, what's going on here? I'm not saying that everybody's got it all figured out, not even close. But I am saying that when new things come along and claim to be from God, Peter's going, "Uh uh-uh, step back. What does the word of God say? And then he goes on and he says, biblical interpretation can only be achieved through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is present in our lives. We need to be open to what the Holy Spirit is doing. And the Holy Spirit will never, Holy Spirit's part of God. The Holy Spirit will never contradict the Father, the Son, It's not going to happen. So if there's a contradiction here in the word of God, then you need to step back and go, okay, what's really going on? We need to make sure that we are following God instead of wanting God to follow us. I was talking to my sister. I'm going to wrap it up with this because, oh, man, hey, I I got 15 more minutes. We're doing it. I'm just joking. Um, I was talking to my sister a couple of days ago, and she shared with something with me, and I said, do me a favor, send that to me, because I want to use that on Sunday. And um, it's not directly talking about this, but indirectly it is. And this is what she said. She said, I have known what prayer isn't. It is not invoking the genie of the lamp to do our bidding. It is not trying to convince God to do it our way. And unfortunately, a lot of people get caught up in that. Well, I, I, you know, name it, claim it, frame it, okay? If, if God doesn't give you what you pray for, then you're sinning, something's wrong. And it's like, no, okay? It is not a ritual which, if done just right, gets us what we want. But I hadn't the words to say what it was until talking to a neighbor yesterday. Prayer is aligning ourselves with God so that we can be the conduit for his will. When we align ourselves with God, what we pray will happen because we are praying his will. Thy kingdom come, 
Thy will be done. Prayer is one of our greatest weapons against the enemy because when we align ourselves with God's will, the enemy is lost. Instead of God on our side, we are on his side and God wins. And she told me that. And I said, you know, that's profound, quite honestly. If we're not careful, we want to take and twist God to our side. I'm praying for it. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. And people take that out of context all the time. And that's kind of what Peter's talking about here. No, 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 no. I need to be in God's will. I need to be in God's word. And when something comes along that is not and claims to be truth, I need to go to the truth, the word of God, and see if it lines up. And not just honestly, when I was in Bible college, one of the things they taught us is if you can't find at least three passages of Scripture to support this idea, then you do not accept it. Because it doesn't come from one or whatever. One can be taken out of context, whatever. But you need to find at least three different areas in the Bible. And if you can't find at least three, then chances are this, this is not what the Bible says. And that's what Peter's really dealing with here. So, I hope that challenges you. It challenged me as I'm looking at this. Because I have to be honest, when I first read this passage, I'm going, oh man, this is five minutes. It wasn't much more than that. But still, as I really started researching it and going into it, I'm going, this is deep. Peter is saying, listen, there's all kinds of garbage. Even 2,000 years ago, There were false teachers and prophets coming out that claimed to know more than the apostles did about Jesus or claiming that Jesus was not truly the Messiah, all kinds of things. And we still have that today. It hasn't gone away, and it's not going to go away. Even so, come quickly, Lord. Yeah. Father, we just come to you this morning. We thank you. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to understand it is not what I want. It is not my will, but it is your will. And as I pray and seek your face, it is imperative that I spend time with you and get to know who you are and what you want. It's not about me and what I want and what I quote-unquote need. I look at the early followers And I see them being stoned. I see them being hung on crosses. I see them dying violent deaths. And yet they were honoring and serving you in all things. They walked with you. They talked with you. But things didn't always turn out the way they wanted. And yet, as Peter says here, I know I'm going to die. And it's okay. It's okay. I will continue to honor Christ as long as I'm in this body. Wow. Lord, may I do the same thing. No matter what's going on around me, may I continue to honor you, to do your will, until I take the final breath and I enter eternity, forever and ever, to spend with you. Wow. Lord, um, we get so caught up in the things of this world, whether it's, a white and gold dress, whether it's illusions, 
whether it's the newest craze that's come along or the newest pandemic and, and scare. And Satan does his best to try and distract us and get our eyes off of you. Lord, forgive us and help us to constantly be in your word, getting to know you better so that we can be in your will in all things. And when things happen that we don't get, that we don't understand, help us instead of trying to question you to step back and go, you know what? I serve a God who is in control. And I step back because I don't want control. I am not the pilot and him my co-pilot. He's the pilot. And I'm just doing what he calls me to do. Thank you. Lord, go with us as we leave today and help us to know you even more. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a fantastic day. Well, thanks again for listening. And to learn more about how you can connect with Bethel Community Church, check out our website at islandbethelchurch.com or join us for a service Saturday night at 6 or Sunday morning at 1045. Hope to see you soon. God bless you.